Reliving the Lights fans. It's another episode, another week, another trip into season four. My name is Josh Kuypers. Hey, I'm Anthony Hookman. And we are here to talk about episode four of season four, a 404 episode. No errors here. <laughs> for that I had to process that while I was laughing. I had to be a good a good host and and laugh with you. <laughs> but then I got it mid laugh. So <laughs> no errors here. Uh yeah, we're excited to get into it. It'll be it'll be great to to kick us off. Uh we were just discussing as we got on a, a scientific experiment that Anthony is going to uh, go ahead and execute during this episode. Anthony, you want to tell us a little bit about the the project you're working on and the research that you're doing? Yeah, well, I, I told Josh that I think my next investment might be a, a beer bucket like you find at restaurants and bars where you can buy a bucket of beers um, because I usually keep just so I don't have to get up mid episode while recording. And then, you know, that gives more work to Josh while he's editing mm-hmm. um, that I can just grab a beer. So I keep three just sitting on this uh, little weird countertop that we've got next to my podcasting nook desk. Um, Well, I keep one and then two backups. And I said to him, I was like, I think that'd be a good investment is to do a bucket that I can just put ice in and and keep them cold to ensure that they're cold. Because usually by the time I get to the third one, it's, it's not even room temperature, but it's, it's, it's less cold. It's noticeably less cold yeah, than the last it's, one. It's not an optimal temperature for, for a beer. Yep. To which Josh suggested, you've got enough koozies, which I do have a very large koozie collection. I'm pretty sure Listen, that we've yeah. discussed this Oh, yeah. Show. Listeners of the podcast oh, yeah. heard because like a 10 to 15 minute talk about koozies. I, I promised that yeah. I would have a count by the <laughs> season four <laughs> premiere, and I definitely do not. Definitely, uh, yeah. one of the, maybe I'll, I, tomorrow... I have absolutely nothing to do. Nice. Um, so I maybe will, if I remember, I'll try to maybe get the koozie count for the next episode. But so Josh suggested putting a koozie on, on all three of the beers mm-hmm. that way, that'll maybe keep it in. And, uh, and I said, that's a good science experiment. And I, I invoked our uh, junior high uh, science teacher, Mike Makuska, may he rest in peace. Rest in peace. But I, I said, you know, he taught me the scientific method. He uh, would maybe be proud that we came up with a theory and then we're going to test it. And Josh yep. said, what would be smart would be to have a control, a fourth beer that would be uncoozied that right. you would compare them. And then I, I said, you know, I'm not ready to get up and get another beer. So uh, we're going to just test out. We're going to see because I know what the third beer tastes like. Generally, I know that the speed yes. at which I drink and the temperature at which I keep the apartment. So yeah. we've already see, established the control over yeah. all of our seasons in my brain. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So we'll, um, we'll see, we'll see how that third beer yeah. goes. Okay. We'll check in each, each time you crack a beer, let's, uh, we'll, we'll check in and see how the temperature is. So yeah. good. Well, uh, we know that you're drinking beer. Give us the details tonight. You know, the vibes, you know, the Ooh. vibes, it's a grain belt premium. Yep. I wonder we should, I, uh, do another science experiment and go back and test uh, all the podcasts that w- at least one of us was drinking Grain Belt and just see like the quality of the podcast, how that oh, affects that if there's be. a correlation, you know? Yeah. 
Uh, I you know it's a good one when Josh is drinking Green Belt, but not when Anthony is, which <laughs> that'd be a bad thing for our podcast because I drink Green Belt almost exclusively. <laughs> right. Right. Uh, no, good. Glad you got the friendlies out. Uh, go mm-hmm. ahead and sponsor us, Green Belt. We'll take it. Yeah. Um, I went scrounging around upstairs uh, in between uh, podcasts here, and my wife, this last weekend so my wife (laughs) my wife uh (laughs) a week ago uh is going to be the maid of honor if you're married does that make you the matron of honor matron i think but i i don't understand any of that yeah Yeah. that's weird who cares because it's always bridesmaid there's no brides matron matron, so i don't know what yeah i don't know i don't get it so anyway my my wife's uh best friend is getting married and so she was in charge of the bachelorette party and shower they had a big weekend and there is there were leftover uh basically ingredients for mimosas so there was an Hell orange yeah. there's orange juice and in champagne up there so i'm i'm keeping it classy uh That's with insane. the with the mimosa for this this podcast in a beer glass but you know yeah. still classy did I have i told the story on this podcast about the place in Sioux Falls that used to have the $5 bottomless mimosas $5 bottomless? There's a place here in Sioux Falls, now defunct. Because they were broke on mimosas? I don't think so. <laughs> so it was it was owned by Rick and Dave, who owned Brocco and Spazia as well. Mm-hmm. It was a place called Stars. It was right next to yep. Brocco on yep. 57th and I don't even know what. Yeah, like Western there. Yeah. yeah. That uh, area. But um, yeah, this place Stars. And Brocco actually used to have $5 mim- or mimosas too, but yeah this place stars it was a real like it was like a it was meant to be it was almost like a passion project you could tell yeah it was meant to like feel like a 70s sports bar like Mm. they pretty much exclusively only had like beers that existed in the 70s on tap in the 70s on tap so it was like hams schlitz um you know like grain belt i'm sure was in there um you know all these beers from back in the day like on tap and they had $5 bottomless mimosas. And I mean to tell you, the summer of 2015, <laughs> I was working at a restaurant that was closed on Sundays. And I would wake up at about 8 a.m., drive down, and me and Joe and Mike, and occasionally like a, a revolving fourth and fifth person, yeah. um, Jesse would sometimes join us. Uh-huh. Um, Chloe would sometimes join us. Uh-huh. Um but they had $5 bottomless mimosas and heck? we would go there and we would, dr- we would drink all day. Every Sunday we would start. <laughs> um, We'd get bottomless mimosas and I think it would go until like, you know, like noon or two or whatever. Uh-huh. And then we'd go from there. The apartment that Chloe lived in had a pool. So we would oftentimes just go and drink more at the pool. <laughs> um, And we would just drink all day. That's what I did every Sunday for an entire summer. Jeez. Um. And by the like, I remember there was a there was one point pretty early on in the summer in which we had drank the entire bar out of champagne. So they offered us they're like, we also have five dollar bottomless bloodies, and we're gonna grandfather you into that plan because like yeah. we were we're out of champagne. <laughs> um, by the middle of the summer, so probably like a couple of weeks after July fourth, we walked in, and I think it was just me and Joe. I think we were, everybody else was meeting up with us, but me uh-huh. and Joe were the first two people there. And they came over with two pitchers full of mimosas and just said, 
the server just says, I was warned about you guys. <laughs> Set them down. Uh, so yeah, it's yes. very possible that we did put stars out of business. Yeah, but, it's your fault. Uh, yeah, we were, that was a fun summer. <laughs> that was a fun summer. I don't, yeah, I don't know how you make money off of five dollars. Charging champagne, $5. like cheap champagne is pretty cheap. And I right. mean, orange juice, you can get orange juice for relatively cheap. Yeah. You don't um, have to buy the top. I would imagine the average customer, because even like where I worked at Brookings had, I think seven or $8 bottomless, like most places in Sioux Falls at that time had like $10 bottomless. Yeah. Like I think the average customer that you would have, you know, we're yeah, not come out on top. Was not us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, they're, they're drinking like two, maybe three. Yeah. And yeah, we were drinking for sport for sure. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So anyway, I can't drink mimosas anymore since that summer. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. I've, I don't think I've, I think I've maybe had one mimosa since that summer because that really just yep. overdid it for me. You, you packed a lifetime of mimosas. <laughs> <into one>. <laughs> 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 All right. So that's what we're drinking. That's what we're not drinking. Uh, and that means we can get into the episode. So this is episode four of season four, entitled A Sort of Homecoming. It originally aired November 20 of 2009. Haven Iron Oak. Oh, what? You, yeah, you look like you got something there. Well, I was thinking that's interesting because the last episode aired on November 11th. So this aired nine days later. I wonder what caused it to hmm. air more than a week later, but that's neither here nor there. We've already stretched out uh, way more than we should. So yeah, we'll, we'll dive into what Haven has to say. Yeah, let's hear it. Coach Taylor tries to foster community interest in the East Dillon Lions by staging a pep rally while dealing with the increasing friction between Vince and Luke, his two-star players. Tammy is still suffering from the repercussions of missing, of making Luke Cafferty attend East Dillon. Riggins finds himself pageant dress shopping with his landlady's daughter and hunting with a trigger happy Matt Saracen. <laughs> Meanwhile, Julia accompanies Devin to a gay bar and runs into someone unexpected. So I see he misspelled Tammy, which is a uh, very movie dude one <laughs> that move. Yep, that's true. Um, there's maybe a missing comma in there uh, in the last sentence after meanwhile. Yep. Um, I think he's. Definitely. I think we might have uh, Haven Iron Oak descending into Movie Dude One <laughs> Madness. It's happening. Um, yeah, this is. Uh, I mean, even for Movie Dude One, this is probably a solid, like, strong six, light seven, though. Yep. Yeah, I'm. I think it would be seven if it had the the commas in the right place and Tammy spelled correctly. But let's go ahead and give it a six. Knock knock some points off for that. So. Okay, that's a six for Haven Iron Oak. I don't really care about Haven Iron Oak. I want to know what the movie dude two uh, plot summary is for this week, which Anthony you worked on. Yes, uh, mine was terrible last week. I've got a lot of room to grow, but I'm excited to hear to hear yours. So right. let's go. I'm making a last minute change to mine. Oh, okay. very very small, very very small. Okay. Um. Okay, so I just changed the first part, like the first one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, fifteen words, um, just to give it a little bit more of a movie dude one t- t- twist. <laughs> okay, beautiful, love it. Okay, 
When Billy can't join Tim on a hunting trip, Tim invites Matt along instead. While Becky hunts for support, some support from her mom <laughs> and a formal dress for an upcoming pageant. Coach Taylor is on a hunt for some East oh. Dillon boosters, including Jess's dad, who now hates football. <laughs> Devin hunts for a girlfriend at a gay bar, while Julie hunts for a college to accept her next year while accidentally hunting down Stan <laughs> at an unexpected place. Oh. 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 <laughs> I I'm blown away. That was a work of art. <laughs> Thank you. Wow. The theme was so good. And I, I I can tell that, yeah, like you just like, okay, what can I work with? You latched onto the hunting thing and then you ran yep. with it and it all fell into place, <laughs> which is great. Um, and it was it was especially good because I don't feel like any of them were terribly forced, but Yet there was still an element of like, I got to make this work. You <laughs> yep. know? Like they I literally worked, started it, my original first sentence was just Tim and Matt go hunting. And mm-hmm. I was like, I want to switch that around to, yep. to make Billy involved some way. So that was when right. I added the, when Billy can't go hunting, Tim invites Matt instead. I was impressed but, from that very first sentence. So that was a great change. <laughs> um, That was great. I love how you were, Updating us on multiple characters in the same sentence. Yep. <laughs> I try to use as many commas as possible. So good. Uh, man, just, yeah, man, I think you nailed it. I think if you would have posted that on the IMDB and I didn't know that you wrote it, I would have 100% assumed that that was movie dude one. Thank you. Thank you. Fantastic. Okay. So if I'm giving that a movie dude one rating, if I'm giving it a, how close is this to movie dude one that's like i i'm afraid to give it like a nine right off the bat because that's hard to (laughs) go anywhere from there but i'd say that's like a nine as far as movie dude one goes i'm a little bit it's almost too coherent is the problem that's the only problem (laughs) so i gotta i'll share some of that glory with angie because she definitely lent me a hand but to be fair like i didn't tell her that we were doing this until like so we finished this episode probably like 10 minutes before we started recording. Uh-huh. And I like literally got up, pulled the disc out of the DVD player and was like, oh, by the way, uh, Josh and I are doing a bit <laughs> these episodes where we need to do our own movie dude one synopsis. And I need you to help me with, that, with this. And she's like, I wish you would have told me before. And I was like, no, well, we got this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I started with just literally like Tim and Matt go hunting. What can we yep. pull from that? Man, and nailed it. It's too bad that Lila is currently not on the show. Otherwise, I would have intentionally misspelled her name. L-I-L-A. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> All right, man. Just, I feel like above and beyond, set the bar too high. I'm going to be <laughs> super nervous next week when I have to write one because I don't know how I'm going to do it. But <laughs> nice work. Uh, Thank you. Great success. All right. Let's get into it. Yes. All right. So this episode starts out with Slam and Sammy on the radio talking about the Luke Cafferty situation. There's people calling in. A caller says Luke wasn't shipped out to uh, East Dillon. He was hand delivered to East Dillon by Tammy straight to her husband, the coach of the Lions. Yeah. Yep. A lot of pressure on, on Tammy. And meanwhile, we get Coach Eric Taylor. He is telling Principal Levi yep. that they need uh, some pep rallies. 
mm-hmm. boost boost a little morale, get get the the students interested. Yeah, yeah, it's a win win, really. Uh, coach is trying to make the case that it's a win win for the school and for the football team. Basically, Prince Principal Levi says, uh, as long as it's free, yeah, sure, whatever, go ahead. As long as it yep. doesn't cost us money. Yep. Julie's filling out her college applications with Matt and kind of says, so what's still on your list? And so she lists off a bunch of schools and most of them are a long ways away from Dillon, Texas. Yeah. She throws in UT Austin as almost like a joke at the end. Yeah. Hook them. But she's, yeah. But she's, yeah. Talking NYU. She's talking like Concordia Brown. I don't remember all the ones. Yeah. Uh, okay, I was I was putting the timelines together in my head, but uh, the OC doesn't summer end up at Brown. That sounds correct. With uh, Chris Pratt. Yeah, um, that might be the college she goes to. Uh, so I was trying to figure out in my head if uh, Julie and Summer would have overlapped, but no, those mm, that's mm-hmm. like what two thousand six maybe for last season two thousand seven. Yeah, six seven. So yeah. Well, then they might have overlapped, you know, somewhere as an upperclassman. No, because that's later on in the series. This is a very pointless conversation yeah, no, no, to no. have. No, would have summer would have graduated right before Julie would have become a freshman had she gone to Brown. Yeah. Okay, so that was all kind of pointless. But uh, just as uh, another uh, chance good. to say, uh, hey, once this is done, if you haven't given the OC a try, maybe give the OC a try. Yeah, if and, you like uh, our banter, if you're here for our banter. Please watch the OC and have us talk about it. <laughs> well, and, or you could just, or you can just listen to us talk about it. You don't even have to watch the show. You don't have to watch the show. I do feel like there's a I very large. Put it on in the background and give us downloads. <laughs> yeah, right. You don't even have to listen. Turn to the us, volume just down. Play it. <laughs> yeah. Just download it. Honestly, uh, don't even but, have to listen to it. But don't you feel like there's a lot of crossover between people who like Friday Night Lights and people who would like DOC? I feel like the high school drama, there's mm-hmm. there's a similar element there yeah. that I feel I like. I think the DOC got unfairly maligned because it was like a hot teen drama at the time. Right. And the OC, or I'm sorry, uh, Friday Night Lights got a little bit more respect. I don't know if it was the football aspect or if it was because of... I don't know what, but like they are very similarly strongly written TV shows. And I think in the, in the meantime, the OC has garnered a lot more respect than it had when it was airing. Like I remember in 2013 that there was a ton of like 10 year anniversary celebrations of the like premiere of the OC and people were like writing very strongly worded, like, pro OC things mm-hmm. but I think mm-hmm. at the time it was perceived as as another like 90210 or whatever and it's so much yeah. more than that I remember in high school lumping it in with like Laguna Beach which mm-hmm. was a misunderstanding of what it was but I yep. remember thinking of like the OC Laguna Beach like those types of shows yep uh which was not accurate but um no I feel I mean I think it's fair that Friday Night Lights was a little bit more respected. I think, you know, just in the way that it was shot, which was a mm-hmm. little bit different for yeah. the time. And there's more prestige for Friday Night Lights, yeah. too. Yeah. It's, it's more, well, and also more heartfelt. I think the yeah. fact that Friday Night Lights was an underseen show, I think, yes. helped it. Yeah, that uh, gives it more credit. Like the OC bit. had that built in audience because 
you know, it was on Fox, but it kind of had what I would call like the MTV of the time audience. Yeah. Where we're watching the OC. Like it was that, you know, it had that, what at the time was being perceived as a formula, but was a lot better and deeper. And I think Friday Night Lights, I mean, even Friday Night Lights was, I think, perceived in the wrong way by a lot of people. But the fact that it was actually underseen where the OC was almost overseen. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think there's, I think there's something to be said there for sure. Well, I I really do hope that uh, Summer Wheatley went to Brown University. Summer Roberts? Summer Roberts, that's why. Summer Wheatley is, uh, that's Napoleon Dynamite. Oh. That is Haley Duff. <laughs> yeah, <okay. laughs> Napoleon Dynamite. Okay. Summer Roberts. Uh, yes. I hope Summer Roberts actually did go to Brown. Otherwise, this was a completely uh, yeah, worthless conversation. <laughs> misguided yeah. tangent that we went on. But again... Uh, hope yeah, a little preview of the OC podcast yes. coming up. I just Googled it and she did indeed go to Brown. So yes. we're good. Perfect. We, we yes. did not Nailed waste it. anyone's time. No. <laughs> okay. So yes, Julie filling out college apps. Everything is a long ways from Dylan. Matt seems to be visibly perturbed yes. by that. Not excited about that idea. Over at practice, Luke and Vince are getting into it again. Yeah. Tensions are high. Uh, coach kind of puts them on blast, but it doesn't seem to help. Uh, things only get worse. Um, but coach does get a little inspiration. He looks over and finds a barely clinging to life sign, um, which like you would think that coach would know this. I think, I, I think everything surrounding East Dillon is so odd, um, for a number of reasons, because it's such a, like, different part of it's like a whole section of town that we've never seen before but everybody mm-hmm. for a while there was going to the same high school um you and we get- learn a little bit more about east dylan in this in this episode later on and like its history but it's it's weird to me that there is no like that all of this seems thrust into the story like i understand yeah. that they they had to create this new school for the like the storyline but like there are ways in which they thrust it in, in like a strange way. It's almost like it, it really seems as if, okay, East Dillon existed, but then it shut down. And it's almost like nobody on that side of town went to high school for 20 years or whatever. Right. Like yeah. that seems more like, cause it does not seem like they were integrated with West Dillon. It right, just seems exactly. like there was just nothing there. And then like no. maybe like the housing like a situation that Smash had, maybe they were in East Dillon. Ooh. Maybe. But like that's it. That's as close as we get to seeing it. Like Yeah, right. That'd be super interesting. I've, that would have been kind of cool if they could bring that back somehow yeah. and make Smash like a East Dillon. See, that would have been great. That would have been awesome. And it would have been so good. It, it would have tied it together. Link. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But obviously they don't have I'm, we should have Charles on this show. <laughs> yeah, we could have done it. Bring him back for a cameo. Um, <laughs> just to like talk to Vince about like growing up in East Dillon or something. And like, they, you could have done that. You could have yeah. done that. Anyway, what's, what's Gaius Charles doing right now? Come on the show, Gaius. Uh, let's, let's talk about it. <laughs> That's true. I've never looked at his IMDb and I'm not going to right now. Yeah. But I haven't, <laughs> seen, haven't seen him in a while. Anyway, so coach notices there's a sign saying that East Dillon was the state ah. champs in 1983. Once again, it's one of those things. Being state champs in, in Texas at all, at any level, seems all like right. a big deal. 
Like, right. you think you would know that part of the history of the town. Mm-hmm. And you think that, I don't know, I don't know how, like, I know a little bit about how football works, but I like looking at it from like a pro wrestling perspective, stick with me. Um, <laughs> yeah. Like, when those schools became one school, you would think that that may be absorbed into the Dylan history, at least until they reseparated. You know, right, right. Like, yeah, Dylan would want the Panthers would want to claim those victories as well, mm-hmm. and the people that came from East Dylan would still want yeah. to hold on to those yep. and celebrate those as well. So. Yeah, um, East Dillon's kind of shoehorned into this whole thing. So yeah. once again, one of those situations where I us don't pulling the back writers, the curtains. Again. Yeah, the, the writers never intended anyone to pry into this. If you don't know by this point, we do genuinely love this show. Love it, but you know love we're it. gonna we'll we'll point out that we love it, warts and all, and we will point out the warts, mm-hmm. um, and we'll still love it despite them. That's that's true love right there is mm-hmm. what that is. Uh, okay. Yes. So coach sees that he's maybe getting inspired at that point. Mm-hmm. Did we make it through he's, practice he's, here? Or are we he's getting the, yep. Yep. That's the practice. <laughs> he's, he's getting the, he's getting the gears turned in his head. Yep. yep. Tim arrives at Billy's place. He's got a rifle in each hand. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he is, uh, prepared for their hunting trip that they had planned. Mindy is upset about this, not only because Tim is practicing poor gun safety, which arguably he is. I think he's, I mean, he's got, he's not aiming the guns at anybody. Right. It seemed like he had good out. trigger discipline. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, but Tim also mentions, I'm pretty sure that they're not loaded, which is not a great sign. <laughs> yeah. That's something you want to be sure of. And even um, if you're sure of, you need to treat it as if it is loaded. I took gun safety course. I know. Yeah. I almost, um, I had a moment where I was like, does a gun go off in this scene? Because I was like, oh. <laughs> the fact that Tim like was like, I'm pretty sure they're not loaded. I was almost like, Oh, does something go <laughs> setting it up? Like, yeah. yeah. Um, but no, luckily guns, no gun goes off, but uh, Mindy is very upset. Not only that Tim is practicing questionable gun safety, but that uh, she was not aware of this boy's hunting trip. Uh, I think does Tim or Mindy, one of them says like, we can go hunting anytime. And Tim is like, no, we can't. That's why they call it hunting season. season. <laughs> yes. Yep. Yep. Billy said that. That was a great quote that I, that I noted uh, another great quote. When Tim walks in, he says, Deer and beer, here we come, two days away. Let's get after it. Thought that was good. Uh, but yeah, Millie's Millie, that's my daughter, not Mindy. Mindy. Uh <laughs> Angie referred to her as Misty earlier. And because Angie was like, I've been looking at Misty Riggins on Instagram, and she's really milking uh her time on Friday Night Lights. And I was like, Mindy Riggins? <laughs> oh yeah, Mindy, Mindy, Mindy. I was like, Yeah, but can you blame her? Like I would too if yeah. I was on a show that, that had that like level of critical and like fan yeah. passion. And and I would it, it it keeps like getting new life all the time. Mm-hmm. So yeah, ride it. No, Mindy is not uh impressed with the idea of Billy leaving her pregnant and alone at home she's got appointments and stuff so billy billy flakes out on tim backs out of the the whole deal tim's obviously disappointed by that not impressed after practice over with the lions uh luke can't find his wallet and 
So, you know, he kind of brings that up in the locker room and Vince kind of starts running his mouth about the whole situation. Then Luke accuses him directly of stealing it, turns into a big thing. They have a, a physical tussle. Yep. Um, and so coach comes in, talks to him, tells him, uh, has the other coach, the one that he stole from the Panthers, come and uh, tells him to have him run stairs for a half hour or until the wallet shows up, uh, whichever comes first. We do get what his name is. It's Coach Crowley. Don't we, <laughs> I didn't we were, hear him say it, but I didn't quite catch it enough to write it down. So I'm glad Coach that you Crowley. That. We now know. Tim and Matt catch up at the pizza place. Apparently, they haven't seen each other since they both made uh, large life decisions, Tim to drop out of college and Matt to go to community college instead of the artist of Chicago. Yep. Uh, Tim says, oh, Chicago didn't work out. No, I stayed to go with my grandma. San Antonio State didn't work out. No. Um, is this for, or no, I think it's later on when Tim goes on about his schedule. So I won't get yep. into it here, but um, Tim mentions that he had a hunting trip planned, but he's not sure. As he's walking out the door, Matt says, hey, about that hunting trip, do you mind if I join? <laughs> uh, and Tim agrees, allows him to join. Yep, yep. Matt just invites himself along there. Landry and Jess. And what's the band girl's name? The girl that's in the band with Landry. I can never Devin? remember. Devin. That's it. I kept having to refer to her as band girl in my notes. <laughs> They're all talking in the hall. It comes up that there's a party happening and Jess ropes Landry into driving them to the party. And Devin's seen all this before with Tyra and Landry. So she's pretty skeptical and not that impressed with Landry (laughs) doing this all again. Well, but to Landry's credit, he does say to Jess, he says, Oh, I've been, I've been here before. Uh, you know, pretty girl asked me to do something. I end up turning into, you know, I'm driving her around, going everywhere for her. And Jess is like, you're invited to the party. Like, this isn't just you driving. So Landry's like, oh, really? Like, okay. And then Devin is kind of like borderline supportive. She's like, oh, so you're going to a party in this neighborhood. I don't remember what the neighborhood is, but. Oh, right. Yeah. yeah, You've been to, you're invited to a party here in East Dillon, basically. Yeah. And then seems like relatively supportive because Jess is inclined to include him. Yes. Which I don't know. I, we can get into Landry and Jess situation later in this episode because it only Uh, inclines, but like the fact that Landry, who's even more of a goofus Malufus than Matt. Oh yeah. Started out this storyline by running over Jess's bike two episodes ago. (laughs) Yeah. Two episodes ago, not even in the season premiere, in the second episode of the season. Yeah, and not just running over a bike, backing into Jess herself on yeah. the bike. Yep. And her being like, pay me money and stay out of my life. <laughs> Going from that to what happens in this episode, with Landry being Landry, uh, probably one of the most consistently, uh, Landry is one of the most consistently like uncharacteristic characters. <laughs> <laughs> uh uncharacteristic of like reality characters uh probably in this show for sure okay um, but can we can we acknowledge though that in real life Jesse Plemons uh married right Kirsten Dunst yeah. and yeah. which also seems equally unlikely 
I guess. I mean, he's a very talented individual. I I personally, and this is, I guess, a beauty that falls in the eye of the beholder type of thing. Uh-huh. I don't think Kristen Dunst, she doesn't do it for me. Oh, come on. Oh, okay, that's fine. But you can acknowledge that she's an attractive even, but, movie star. But what comes what it comes down to is that she's extremely famous mm-hmm. um, and has been for like 30 years almost. Like yeah. Interview of the Vampire came out in like 1991. So like she's yeah. been famous for like 30 years. Um. Yeah, yeah. Like that's crazy for sure. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Like, that's so in real if, life, if wild. Jesse Plemons has a, has a shot, with- but we also have seen what Kirsten Dunst said about <laughs> Jesse Plemons. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Which we posted already in the the I, Reliving the Lights Twitter page. So uh, yes, I feel like that that quote about. <laughs> Not being able to control who you fall in love with, and not, yeah, not, it just kind of happens. Uh, I feel like Kirsten probably didn't mean that the way it sounded, but yeah. it was not a great reflection onto her relationship with Jesse. Anyway, yeah. Uh, it all that aside, it does seem very unlikely that you can go from almost killing a very attractive girl and being Landry Clark to a couple episodes later. Yeah. Have happened what's about to happen that we'll get into in a little bit. Yeah. All right. Anyway, meanwhile, Devin asked Julie uh if she'll join her in going to Steers. Steers. Which I think I'm guessing is a reference to the the uh full metal jacket line. I don't I'm not making or, a connection. Uh Arlie Ermy says uh he asks one of the cadets, he goes, Where are you from? And the guy says, Texas. And he goes, my God, Texas. The only thing that comes from Texas are steers and queers, which are, and you don't look like a steer, son. Um, I'm guessing that that's a homage. Yep. Yep. If I, if I had to guess. That makes sense. That makes sense. The gay bar is called steers, but she, she asked Julie, Devin asked Julie to, to join her in going to steers, which is a gay bar. Um, doesn't julie's like what am i your type and devin is like no or no no she's like are you flirting with me and devin is like no you're not my type right um she's like i just need you to go for moral support because i don't really feel comfortable Mm -hmm. it's like just outside of dylan i've never been to a place like this before i just want to check it out but i would like to have somebody there with me yeah um and julie agrees but she seems a little miffed that she's not devin's type (laughs) Of course, Julie does because it's yeah. always about Julie with Julie. Yeah, we do get a little scene in the middle of all that of Becky, like at her pageant. Becky's mom, like, actually shows up. Like, she, Becky is, I can't remember, like, in some interview or something. And then her mom shows up and she's like, excited for Becky and offers to buy her a new dress. And they're going to go dress shopping and all that good stuff. And Becky is excited to have her mom investing in her life yeah again yeah, which is good excited. they're gonna go dress shopping together yeah tammy we see tammy she's meeting with the superintendent i think we've established that that guy's the superintendent i put that in my notes i thought principal levi last episode was the superintendent until he <laughs> mentioned that he was the principal so uh, yeah but yeah obviously this is this guy tammy's keeps the, coming tammy's, the, tammy's the principal so it's oh right yeah yeah um, she is kind of pushing him for an update to the library, which she they've had kind of on the the agenda for the school for a while now. 
Um, but the superintendent or whoever he is says, actually, you kind of screwed the school over a little bit with the whole Luke Cafferty thing. Football is where we get, you know, the majority of our funding. And now that you screwed that up, we're probably not going to get that updated library. Um, so, uh, yeah, I guess Luke Cafferty was a big deal again for somebody that we had never heard of (laughs) prior to this. Uh, Yeah. That's kind of surprising, but so Tammy is a little dejected. She heads out to her car, especially man. Last season, they had such an opportunity because smash was gone. Yeah. had such an opportunity to bring in Luke step in there. Tim could have, cause they moved they start, Tim to tailback yeah. instead of fullback and they could have just had Luke in there. Tim could have yep, still, still been the star. Tim in a stud. Yeah. Yeah. And, and Luke could have Luke there. showing promise. Yeah. Yep. They missed it. If only we could go back in time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Tammy leaves. She's heading back out to her car. And as she gets out to the parking lot, she sees that somebody has spray painted Panther hater onto her vehicle. We get a little scene of coach and uh, coach Stan. They're calling. They're cold calling. Yes. Uh, uh, a few East Dillon football alumni to join the upcoming pep rally that they've got planned. Mm-hmm. Tammy kind of pulls coach aside and says, Hey, listen, if you want to get these people involved, you got to make food and coach, God bless him. <laughs> takes this as an indication that Tammy is willing to cook food for whoever shows up. Tammy reluctantly agrees yes. um, to make dinner for whoever shows up. We briefly get a scene where Julie, for the first time, uh, meets Stan. Yes. Yep. Just kind of a, this is Coach Stan. Hello. This is my daughter. Yep. Uh, Hopefully, if Tammy is preparing for this meal and she orders some racks of ribs, she (laughs) double checks with the butcher to make sure that they have them for her when she goes to pick them up. Yes. It's been a problem in the past. Becky gets home. It's hard to tell like what time of day it is exactly, but she gets home and she's ready to go yeah. shopping. Seems relatively early in the morning is what I took from it. Yeah. I'm not sure what was going on. Yeah. But, uh, she finds a note and like a spread of, I couldn't tell what denomination of money it was. Um, I didn't even notice that there was money. So, there Oh yeah, there was, like six or seven bills that I assumed were hundreds a spread of bills and a note saying that something came up. She can't make it. Obviously Becky's pretty upset. She was looking to spend, looking forward to spend some, spending some time with her mother. Mm-hmm. She goes out back, knocks on Tim's trailer. Tim is sleeping. So it must be relatively early in the morning. Yeah. She asks to borrow Tim's truck. He refuses, says you don't have your license. Which also brings into question uh, Becky's age. age, which we're not sure of. I'm I'm pegging it at 15, man. I think she's yeah, a freshman. I think she's a freshman. She doesn't quite possible. have her license yet, which we most states is 16. So that's what I'm going right. with. Yeah, he refuses. She says, I know how to drive. She starts crying and walks away. And Tim is finally like, okay, yeah. what's up? Uh, she kind of tells Tim about what happened. And it's implied, but not, I don't think it's shown that Tim agrees. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, she just basically tells him what happens in this time, the scene. My question is, and this is not that important, but my question is, I do think this is the morning. 
So what did her mom like sleep over with some dude and then run back home and leave $700 there in a note? Right. That's what I was trying to figure out to the dude. It doesn't make sense. Yeah. That's what I was trying to figure out too, is like what exactly came up was, and here's the thing, like there are bars. I know, uh, shout out to Ray's corner in Brookings, South Dakota <laughs> that like open at 7am. Like maybe she got oh, called in for an early shift. Like somebody, you know, couldn't make yeah. it in. She got, you know, called in to cover somebody's shift or whatever. Um, Yeah. It was a big tradition when Angie was still teaching. There was like a group of teachers that on like the first day of finals, I think they would go to Ray's at 7am and have a beer. <laughs> nice. Um, Yeah. I never made it to Ray's at 7am. I got a, I got to put that on my list of things to still do probably before I, before I turn 40 and shrivel up and die. <laughs> <laughs> so does, does a bar that opens at like 7am, do they like have breakfast or something too? Or is it just uh, so they have for coffee? Drinking? They have okay, coffee, yeah. but I think it's mostly for drinking. I, we went in there. So graduation weekend, we went in there the Sunday and it probably was, it was probably like 9 a.m. that we popped in there because uh-huh. we were waiting for Cook's, Cook's Kitchen didn't, is a breakfast place in Brookings, legendary breakfast place in Brookings. But they have seating for like maybe 30. Like it's uh-huh. a very small little uh-huh. place. And so like most of the time if you go there, like you have to wait, mm-hmm. um, especially on a Sunday. And they're only open like 6 a.m. to 2 p.m. Mm-hmm. So it's like literally breakfast and lunch strictly. Yeah, they did dinner for a very short amount of time, and it didn't work out for them. Mm-hmm. But I think we went in. They didn't have the rooms. So we we're like, we'll wait it out. Let's go to Ray's and like have a drink real quick. Yep. And um, it was so funny because my buddy Marshall, who who also graduated that weekend, <laughs> he was like Norm from Cheers. He lived. <laughs> he lived above Ray's. Yeah. <laughs> And he walked in, and I mean to tell you, every single old boy in there was like, Marshall. (laughs) (laughs) It was so awesome. (laughs) When are you moving to Georgia? Oh, next week? Oh, man, we're going to miss you, man. Like, it was, it genuinely felt like it was like a cheers, like a real life cheers. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. So, I don't know how many times Marshall made it in there at 7 a.m., but he was definitely a regular enough that that the regulars knew him. It was so funny. Like... (laughs) There's an old lady in there. And it, I mean, it was all people that were like 60 or plus. And there's an old lady in there that was like, hey, Marv's trying to find a guy to play pool with him. And I was like, hey, I'm not that guy. <laughs> I'm, not, <laughs> I'm not trying to play pool at this in this state. But um, so, yeah, I mean, I uh, to get back on track. I think that's what that's my best guess is that she yeah. had a I don't know what the what the serving hours are in Texas. I know that the bars close at two. Uh-huh. I did get to yeah. that point. Um, I don't know what time they open in South Dakota. It's it's seven a.m. to two a.m. Um, hmm. mm-hmm. So I, I'm guessing it was probably a a dive bar type of place that opens at seven at seven a.m. All right, yeah, we'll go with that. And that we've seen where she worked, and it definitely looked like a wow. dive type establishment. So yeah, it looks like the kind of place that I would hang out for sure. So well, and we know that Tim's regularly drinking there in the afternoon yes. during daylight hours. Yeah. So mm-hmm. that's a uh, Ray's corners where I went when my grandma died. Uh, Cause I knew for sure that it would be open like oh, yeah. pretty much like I was like, as soon as I got the news, I was like, all right, I don't uh-huh. know which bars are open, but I know for sure Ray's is open. So I'm going to go there and, and have yeah. uh, an old Milwaukee in her honor because nice. she drank old Milwaukee. So that yes. was, and I knew that I needed to, or didn't need, but I knew that I 
uh for sure wanted to have a drink uh so that was nice. that was my uh yeah raise raise held me down uh it's still yeah. this day uh yeah i gotta get back to brookings <laughs> <laughs> you ever been to um the red rock east of sioux falls there no uh, i've driven by it a number of times because it used that sign used to be in platt i okay i brought this up i went to the red rock and i said did this sign used to be in Platt, South Dakota? Because this is the name of a place that was in Platt, and it looked exactly like this. And it's they were the like, exact same sign. They were like, "No, I don't think so." Like, I think yeah, the owner just it calls it. It's the exact. There's no way that that sign, because it was even the. It was the letters. It be, yeah, it used to be Carter's Carpet Center, and it was C A R T E R, and then they switched out literally just the lettering to R E D R O C K. Because that there maybe was Carter's, I think it was C A R T E R S, and they switched it out to R E D R O C K. And I remember the first time that I drove that way, which was because I used to take that way between uh, Sioux Falls and Boji when I lived in Uh Boji. And I drove by that a number of times. And every time I saw it, I was like, that sign used to be in Platt. And I, because I remember it was out um, on the south side of town where there's that like lumber yard. And that sign was out there for a number of years. Oh, yeah. And it's not there anymore because it's in East Sioux Falls. Absolutely. I agree. I even brought it up with my dad and he was like, I don't know, maybe it could be. And I was like, yep. no, it definitely is. Yep. That's the it, sign. Well, that and, that, and that bar was there for such a short amount of time. Right. Like it was maybe there for two years tops, I would say. Mm-hmm. So not a lot of people even remember it. Like I, I brought it up actually when my parents were in town. I remember why. But I remember being like, and even my mom was like, oh yeah, Carter Carpet Center. And I was like, and then it was a bar for like two years. Yeah. Like I literally went in there once. I'm pretty I sure. I never went in there, but I just remember um, the sign. Like for lunch or something. And like even my brother Miles didn't remember it. Like, yeah. And I mean, he would have been like five when it was uh, open. Cause I remember it was like my senior year of high school. So it wasn't for a long time, but yeah, that definitely, that is thank ab- you. That's like, that's like validation for me. Cause I was actually kind of pissed off when I went in the bar <laughs> and, they, and they were like, no, I don't yep. think so. I was like, are you kidding? Yes, it is. There is no doubt in my mind that that is the same sign. That's it. There's no, and the only way that it wouldn't be is if that person who owns that bar saw that sign in Platt and was like, I'm going to steal that when this bar closes. <laughs> Right. Or got inspired by it. Yeah. Which, Which is seems way cool less sign. likely than it yeah. being the same sign. Yeah. The fact that it reads down. No. No. It's yes. absolutely the Thank same you. sign. Okay. Good. I'm glad we've established that. And that actually is like, yeah, like I said, validating. No, I bring that up because I I stopped in there like a few times regularly when my dad was sick and I was driving mm-hmm. back and forth to the hospital all the time. And it was kind of like the, when you went in there for your when you got the news about your grandma, like I just went right, there yep. and I actually had a very similar conversation to the conversation we had in the last podcast, uh, mm-hmm. just about like faith and stuff with mm-hmm. like some guy who like, hell yeah, wanted to be a better dad and stuff and wanted to mm-hmm. like get back into church and stuff like that. And it was, yeah, it was a really cool conversation. It was one of my favorite bar conversations I've yeah. ever had, you know, That's where you just up. like stumble on this like super meaningful, deep yep. two hour long conversation with a dude, yep. you know, some random guy. So. And that right there, like that to me is the same as knowing that my heart knows to pump, like that you were there in that yes. time. Like, yep. it's just too coincidental. Yep. It just says, yep. Yeah. It was, it was really beautiful. It was really cool for sure. 
Anyway. Anyway. So Matt and Julie are playing Scrabble. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Matt is playing uh, in a way that I've seen a lot of people play Scrabble where he's trying to play. He's got his 10.Z trying to play it anywhere he can. So he tries to play Za and his and honestly, you could probably dig into because there's a lot of those weird two word, two letter oh. words. But he's like, it's short for pizza, which like anybody who knows how to play Scrabble knows that slang is not allowed. Bro, <laughs> it's not the dictionary. You are going the exact opposite way oh, of where okay. I was going to go with this because za is 100% a legal Scrabble word. And I have gotten into this fight with my grandma because mm-hmm. my grandma and I play Scrabble and she's mm-hmm. a beast, but I'm better. And <clears throat> well, you think you're better because you use slang. <laughs> and I bought as a Christmas present to my grandma, I bought the official Scrabble dictionary and we keep mm-hmm. a tally of like who's ahead in mm-hmm. the inside mm-hmm. of the cover. But za is 100% in the official Scrabble dictionary. So is it short for pizza or is it a different yeah, definition? It's, it's short for pizza, but it's, it's okay. like Matt is saying it's vernacular and sure. some vernacular is not the same as right slang right okay so see that that makes a difference because so me and my aunt judy she is a big she's a scrabble cowboy i'll tell you that she is (laughs) yeah um i beat her once uh thanksgiving of probably like 2014 if i had to guess yeah um yeah it was right before my grandma got sick because i remember it was we she and i drove uh to visit my aunt judy for Thanksgiving. So I'm going to say it was November of 2017, Thanksgiving of 20 or 2014, excuse me, uh-huh. November of 2014. And, uh, you know what they say about heroin is, uh, <laughs> what, <laughs> what they say about heroin is you're, you're always chasing that first high. Uh-huh. Um, and I should have been smart enough to know that the moment I beat my aunt Judy, that was it. Like Just that should have, right it's there. never going to get as good as that. And I've <laughs> played her about three or four more times since. And I just, I'll Can't never beat it. her again. I will never beat her again. <laughs> that was a perfect storm of a, of a game of Scrabble. And so, um, and she's, she's pretty hardcore and they have like an old Webster's dictionary from like 1978 or something. Mm-hmm. So they're, they're hardcore in, in that way. So I, I I think if you if you're in the official Scrabble dictionary, yeah. absolutely. And I'm 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 very pro slang. I'm very I think that language is living and breathing and right. always changing. And that's like mm-hmm. people get pissed off. Like I remember when selfie got added to the Webster's dictionary and people were like big mad about it. And I was like, Do you call movies motion pictures? Because guess what? Movie is slang for right. it's the exact like, same thing. Literally talky. <laughs> was what they called them like when Uh they started talking like movie is literally moving picture right it's a movie yeah like these things become words that make it into the dictionary and if you're Mm -hmm. mad about selfie in 30 years people are gonna be like people were mad about that like (laughs) that's literally like it's if somebody in 1918 was like oh you're you think movie is a real word like that's literally it's the what it it's is a, it's so, a perfect parallel yeah yep so i i don't get mad about slang but i i will say yeah when it comes to you know you can't make up your own words and i think i think shortenings is questionable but if it's in the official scrabble dictionary i'll let it slide yep, yep and that's that's how you get really good at scrabble is you memorize all the 
two letter words, you memorize yep. all the words that you can use with an X and stuff like that. Yeah, absolutely. That's what, that's what separates the, uh, the men from the boys as they absolutely. say. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So they're, they're talking about that, but in the process of playing Scrabble and playing the word za, which is totally a legal word and should be used anytime possible in Scrabble, uh, the it kind of they go back and forth about the gay bar situation and Matt seems more amused by that than than the yeah. thing. He doesn't really have a problem with with uh Julie going to the gay bar. Uh it, it, and Matt says it, it's fine that you're going to the gay bar because actually I'm going hunting with Tim Riggins then anyway. So no big deal. Julie doesn't like that that no. Matt's going hunting. Yeah, we. I think this was established at some point earlier in the series that Julie like became a vegetarian or became like opposed yeah. to eating meat. Uh, so, yep. Julie is genuinely mad about uh, Matt deciding to spend his time killing animals. Things get pretty tense. Yeah, Matt says, "Hey, I'm from Dylan, and that's what people from Dylan do. They go hunting." Julie says, well, I'm from Dylan and I don't hunt. And Matt uses that as an opportunity to say, yeah, but you're not going to live in Dylan for long. Yep. Bringing up the college situation. Yep. Yeah. Things get, things get pretty tense there. Yep. And that's a, yeah. Tim and Becky, <laughs> uh, meanwhile, are shopping for dresses. Becky is pretty upset about her mom being flaky, which seems to be a repeat problem. Mm -hmm. uh tim tries to help but isn't very helpful he throws out like a hey isn't there a saying like you don't find the dress the dress finds you (laughs) um she like becky is like would you call this a plunging neckline and tim's like like are you really gonna ask tim riggins that like get real (laughs) um tim delivers the only quote that I wrote down yeah, it's a great of the quote. episode. Yep. Um, he sits Becky down and like, gets really like somber and serious. <laughs> he says, let me <laughs> tell you sounds- something. Let me tell you something. My mom never took me dress shopping because of that. I never placed at miss Texas. <laughs> and that's why I got into football. That's a fact. <laughs> that's a fact. Yes. <laughs> yeah. He sells that. So good. It's it was great. good. Yeah. Taylor Kitsch, the uh the the Tom Cruise of our <laughs> could have been of our what could have been. <laughs> he nailed that one. Landry, uh, uh, just want to interrupt things to to say I just reached beer number three of this oh. episode. I don't know how much got cut in the meantime. <laughs> I don't know if we're 10 minutes into the episode and you're going, Jesus, Anthony, you're drinking a lot. Uh or what, but um just reached beer number three, koozie uh on hand. Um it's definitely cooler than uh, I would have liked, but I'm still now to a point where I'm I'm opting towards the I'm leaning towards the beer bucket. The beer bucket, yeah. Eleven dollars on Amazon. I think I'm just gonna pull the trigger. <laughs> uh, I support it 100. Don't you have like a just a big bowl in your? You know, house we've that got you could throw some ice in. Yeah, you know what we probably do, and like I've got like some old school coolers from the '80s, like styrofoam coolers. Yeah, that dude. My mom gave me, or that I found in my grandma's basement, that are now mine. <laughs> I should say, um, I could maybe use those. And uh, yeah, I I probably won't uh, go the uh, eleven dollar Amazon route. We're going to a. I found. Uh, I was driving back from Dolly Farm today. I had to pick up this one. I will show you. Okay. Had to go all the way to Dolly Farm. 
to pick up the vinyl copy of Olivia oh. Rodrigo's Sour Fantastic Album of the Year. Nice. Yeah. Uh, probably going to be my album of the year. It's I, fantastic. But anyway, I was heading back from Dolly Farm and I saw that there was a big rummage sale. Like there was like three signs for it, like huge rummage sale. So uh-huh. I told Angie, I was like, before you work tomorrow, we're going <laughs> to, uh, we're going to go to this rummage sale. So maybe I'll find a bucket there <laughs> to seal that story. Yeah. You really don't need a special bucket for that. Just, no, really just any bucket. Honestly, like the next time I buy a, like a gallon of ice cream, I could just, <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Whatever it takes. But I'm glad we have scientific data to back up yes. the need for a, yeah, a bucket yeah. of some sort. These, this, this is, it's drinkable. It's going to yeah, get drank, right. uh, but it could be cooler. So yeah. koozies, okay. maybe not enough for, you know, when you, when you're uh, sitting at a room temperature for yes. however long. Uh, there you go, ladies and gentlemen. Follow the science. Uh, we're big proponents of that. And yeah. the science says, mm, bucket of ice, going to do yeah. you better. Yeah. All right. Uh, so Landry picks up Jess and her friends. Her friends get in the car first. They immediately start complaining about the music that Landry is playing, which just so happens to be Crucifictorious. Yeah, actually, there. it's this local band. They're called Crucifictorious. And- <laughs> They hate it. <laughs> Great bit. Yeah. Uh, they make it to the party kind of immediately or like the first thing we see anyway is Vince starts hitting on Jess. It kind Laying of down becomes, a little Mac sauce. Yeah. Uh-huh. Becomes, I feel like apparent that they have some history together, Yeah, which I don't mm-hmm. think we were aware of at up no. until this point. Nope. We just met Jess two days ago or two episodes ago. So. <laughs> right. Uh, it appears that Jess is very over it, not interested in Vince whatsoever, kind of, uh, knows what that's all about and is not impressed. Mm-hmm. And she tells him, I don't know if you watched this episode with Lindsay. Was she like I did not. big mad that somebody turned down Michael B. Jordan? Oh, uh, we didn't openly? watch, we didn't watch this together, but that we watched the last, the previous episode together. Mm-hmm. And I made some comment about putting her way or whatever when Vince came because she was like oh yeah Vince I was like okay all right all right and she says you can't be mad at me it's like it's not just me it's literally every woman in the world Uh, Mm. so and I said yeah fair enough I get it but (laughs) (laughs) so no she didn't see this but yeah she probably would have a problem with somebody turning down Vince I imagine from like our perspective it'd be like if Lila Garrity hit on Landry and Landry was like no because Landry's not as attractive as Jess. Um, it'd be like if Lila Garrity hit on Tim Riggins and Tim Riggins was like, nah. Yeah. You know, like, it'd be like, uh, you sure, are you Tim sure? Riggins? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. So, Jess isn't having it. She tells him that she has a boyfriend and she goes over and starts grinding up on Landry yeah. a little bit. I gotta imagine Landry is pleasantly surprised by this yeah. development. I mean... I, at this point, you got to wonder with Landry because you got to imagine that Tyra upped his confidence. Like even as much as she mentally messed with him, yeah. Like being with somebody that attractive has got to up your confidence. <laughs> Absolutely, I don't feel like it takes much to up a guy's confidence if he has a time, like even the, a modicum of success. Yeah, you know, and I would say Tyra is more than a modicum of success. So absolutely, yeah. <laughs> All right, so Coach and Buddy are at the bar together. They're drinking. Buddy is basically in mourning because he's not a Panther anymore. He's going through a real 
grief period here. Uh, coach invites Buddy to dinner with the East Dillon Lions, kind of that alumni group that he's trying to pull together. And this is where that uh, booster quote comes in. You can't fake booster as America. It comes from the heart. That's the it's beauty the of it. Yep. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. At this point, it doesn't look like Buddy's going to be able to, you know, kind of step in in that Buddy role for the Lions. But we shall see. Mm-hmm. We shall see. Uh, The next day, Vince kind of corners Landry a little bit, confronts him about the Jess situation, tells him, hey, Jess said that uh, you were her boyfriend. Is that true? What's up with that? Landry says like, no, that's that's news to me. And he denies it. So you can kind of see it in his face, though. He's like, she said that. Yeah. I'm a boyfriend. (laughs) All right. Uh, Very Landry uh, of him to react that way. But no, he denies it. He turns it down. Coach goes to the barbecue restaurant that we established a couple episodes ago, Jess's dad's barbecue restaurant, uh, and goes to try to court Jess's dad. Um, tells him about the alumni dinner, says, hey, you know, this is a pretty nice place you got here. You ever think about hosting, you know, uh, like a pep rally or anything? Yeah. And um, yeah, Jess's dad is uh, just doing some... Uh, some real like it's almost like a character from like a different kind of movie who's just like you know i used to play football but now i hate it and he's he's just like nope nope the answer is no he just is he's politely declining but but is he, declining yeah he's not even hardly acknowledging it he's just like yeah so that brisket is eight and a half bucks mm. you know <laughs> that's how he answers the question yeah so uh we see luke hanging out with jd and some of the other Panthers. <laughs> They're awful. It's, They're bad people. Yeah. Angie, you mentioned, she's like, it's so funny to see JD like become a bad guy because like we saw him be so wholesome and he yeah. still like has such a baby face and stuff. Absolutely. Yes. Um, and she's like, it's like seeing, she compared it to our friend Clay, who is like the most, like he's, our friend Clay, he's he's from uh, Winter, South Dakota. He is he's like a guy from the 1950s. I love him <laughs> to death, but he it's literally like he came out of the 1950s. Uh-huh. Um, just a oh gosh, how are you guys doing? I, I I love him to death, but he's just he's so wholesome. Yeah. Um, and Angie was like, it's like seeing Clay like turn into a bad guy. Like it's just it just you, you <laughs> it almost work. can't sell it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it um, does seem like a stretch for sure. He's got a yeah. What was hard. he? He makes some like really crass joke, um, at, which I don't remember on the drive. It was almost like it was like a your mom joke or something. I didn't make a note of it. Yeah. I, all I wrote in my notes is literally Luke hanging out with JD and other Panthers. They're yeah, <laughs> that's what I have in my notes. So yeah. they see uh, Vince walking along along the road. And Luke tells him to pull over. He jumps out and immediately gets into it with Vince. They get into another physical altercation, uh, a little more amped up this time. The cops come. They get involved. Very quickly. Happen to be there. They must have just been within sight of this altercation. And JD, being the 
scumbag. Scumbag that he is. He bails immediately in the other game. Being the son of, of Joe McCoy, he is. Right. Absolutely. Uh, they bail. They leave them to the cops. And so, yeah, the cops come over and, yeah, deal with the situation that is unfolding. Dinner at the Taylor household. They got the the Lions, yeah. the alumni there. Yeah, we've got three or four alumni. Uh, one of them is a pastor, as we kind of come to learn. Yeah, Deacon, um, Deacon the pastor. Or Deacon, sorry. No, I think he is um, a pastor, but his name is Deacon, which oh, is confusing. Okay. Why would you do that, uh, writers yeah. of this script? But anyway. Coach tells them about the issues that he's had with East Dillon. They kind of go into this is where they go into it deep about like how don't tell us about our own problems because we've had you guys telling us about our own problems for years Mm -hmm. you know when uh you know years ago the west side got developed but the east side never got developed you know the west side got the mall the Mm -hmm. west side got this and this is where for me it was very reminiscent of sioux falls where um the east side has had some work in the last decade but the east side is still my friend and uh, former boss, uh, when we first moved to Sioux Falls, he's from here and was like, whatever you do, just don't spend any time on the east side. Oh, <laughs> like, really? he's, yeah. Jeez. And he uh, still to this day, like holds grudges against the east side of Sioux Falls. And that's, Jeez. yeah, it's, and it, it is like, we kind of talked about it earlier, I think off, <laughs> off record, but um yeah, there's there's some rough rough parts of East Sioux Falls, and you can tell that that's probably by design. Yeah. Yep. Um, no, we we don't get want anything good getting that close to Iowa, so we keep it. <laughs> <laughs> we keep all the good stuff on the west side of Sioux Falls, I guess. And I'm I'm in the center ish. Yeah, yeah, you I'm, are. I'm roughly in the center. You're as you're. I'm probably you're closer as, to the east than I am to the west, but but philosophically, you're center. Yeah, I feel yeah, like. yeah. Yeah, yep. you're you're downtown, so you're in the 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 moral center, the philosophical sure, center sure. of Sioux Falls, even though it's probably geographically east. But yeah, yeah. Uh, so Sioux Falls and Dillon showing some similarities here. But the the we get about east, four more high schools, I think. But <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Uh, the east side, the east side boys are yeah <laughs> at the the Taylor household, and um, it's not going well. No, uh, as you've alluded to, but there's a big turning point. Yeah, what is that turning point, <laughs> Buddy Donny? Donny, Donny, Buddy Garrity. Here he comes, Donald. He comes <laughs> to save the day. And turns out all of these uh, East Side guys are big fans yeah. of Buddy Garrity. Uh, maybe line of the episode, there's a point at which there's a knock at the door and Coach is like, oh, God, what is this? And Tammy goes to open the door. You can hear Buddy in the background. And one of the East Dillon alumni says, is that Buddy Garrity? And Coach gets like, a genuinely worried look on his face like oh man buddy's gonna come and screw this up more than it's already screwed up um and coach says do you know buddy garrity and one of the guys goes do i know buddy garrity <laughs> and yeah it turns out they all love buddy they all love buddy uh didn't see that one coming but mm-hmm. it's it's believable you know yeah. back in the day i'm sure For buddy sure. was a he's been a, a winsome I mean, he's guy been a, a community presence for 
yeah, several decades. So he he's probably cut him some deals on a car or something. Mm-hmm. And nobody, there. I think one of them said nobody hit harder than Buddy Garrity back in the day or something <laughs> along those lines. So football legend and community uh, pillar, Buddy Gar- Donald Buddy Garrity. Uh, we go over to Steers, uh, Steers and Queers. The conversation, Dylan, or not Dylan, okay. We're over at Steers, and Devin and Julie are there, and they're they're hanging out, trying to get comfortable there. The conversation kind of turns to Matt and Julie, so Julie starts going off a little bit, as yeah, Julie she's, wants to do, making it about she, Julie. She's bitching about Matt, um, but just like the rest of us, Devin gets distracted. <laughs> Yeah, okay, Julie. <laughs> Go on. I'm yeah, Julie that. like gets genuinely mad that Devin isn't listening to her. And then she like looks over and she's like, Is that your type? And I gotta say, if it is, not Good bad taste, taste Devin. Yeah. 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 All right. All right. Uh yeah. So she Devin gets kind of uh preoccupied with that. She's gonna go to the restroom real quick. And while she's gone, Julie happens to run into none other than Coach Stan Traub doesn't even run into him. Just kind of like sees him across the bar playing pool. Yeah. Here's his voice. He's got a voice like me <laughs> where I think you're, you can hear me within a 10 foot radius, even if you're in a bar. Yeah. Julie seems to be like 0% phased by this. Mm-hmm. Like whatever. She doesn't okay. even consider it. Hey, yeah. like hi there. Stan. Here's a though. friendly wave. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Hey, uh, Stan looks shook though. He, he yeah. <laughs> puts his cue stick down and beelines it for the door. <laughs> yeah, he's out of there. Uh, Coach and Tammy, after the the East Dillon alumni dinner, they're they're just kind of relaxing. What a nice uh, little moment. Yeah, yeah. A Coach and Tammy moment that we love. Coach thanks Tammy for a good night. Tammy says, don't thank me. Thank Buddy Garrity. <laughs> Coach replies, Buddy Garrity ate all my damn steak. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but Coach gets a phone call. It's the cops. Why does Coach always get called from the police station, from the hospital? That's a good question. Yeah. Well, I mean, in this situation, you know, we know Vince's mom isn't in the greatest no. shape, but Luke like Luke's parents, parents seem to. Yeah. But I would imagine, like, I just think about, like, you know, I wasn't an athlete, so to speak, but like, Think about like when I got my minor back in 2006, like they didn't call Tracy hurt before they called no, my mom. Not at all. Not, that <laughs> I mean, I was technically a member mind. of the football team as the <laughs> film guy. Maybe it's a Texas football thing that we can't yeah, understand. That could like, be. Let the coach deal with this first. But uh, anyway, coach, maybe gets it's the a call. television show and this is just a plot device, you know, and we're looking into it too deeply. If, that were the case then we would not have a podcast so (laughs) (laughs) yeah definitely it's not that then it's not that uh coach goes down to the station uh they say that basically luke can go because he doesn't have a record the white kid can go no record however the black kid going to juvie so coach realizes he's got to kind of take this matter into his own hands tells luke like listen you're gonna take I thought a very strong coach character moment because yeah. they word it the same way that, that you did. They say the white kid can go cause he doesn't have a record, but the black kid has to, he's going to juvie and coach replies to that by saying, 
His name is Vince. Yes, that was good. And let me go talk to him. Yeah. That was a good character moment. I do feel like it was maybe a little manipulative to be like, all right, Luke, you're going to take the take the fall for this and Vince, which we find out in a little bit that actually, yeah, it was pretty justified and Vince was at fault and to blame for this, but uh, it turns out okay. Coach gets him out of jail. It, well, he basically says, all right, Luke, you're going to take responsibility. Vince, you're going to shut up, cut the tough guy act. Yep. Yeah, they say do we're exactly gonna, what I say. Yeah, we're going to say, Vince, you're or Luke, you're going to admit that it was all your fault. Mm-hmm. And like Vince kind of speaks up and he says, you're going to shut your mouth. <laughs> you're you're going to go along with it. And that's how we're going to get out of this. And apparently it works because. Yep. Uh, they both get a ride home or they get a ride to somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They get a ride okay. to the side of the road. Um, coach drops them both off, tells them to get out of the vehicle. Uh, they're going to walk the rest of the way. They start walking. He gives them a little speech, uh, tells mm-hmm. them not to piss away their lives, essentially. Yep. Says you get uh, one shot at life. Don't mess it up. I thought it was a very underwhelming coach speech, so I didn't write it yeah. down. Like I didn't write it down either, but um, I got down the the idea of just don't piss away your shots. Yep. Uh, they start walking back. Vince pulls Luke's wallet out of his pocket and hands it to him, which my question is, like, didn't they search these guys when they threw them into a jail cell? Right. So that's dumb. But... Uh, Turns out Vince really did take Luke's wallet. So Luke was, I guess, justified in all of this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, We see Jess and her dad talking. She wants him to come to like the boys' Pop Warner practice. Says it would mean a lot if he came. Um, He doesn't want anything to do with that. As we know, he doesn't want much to do with football anymore. She brings up uh, the pep rally thing with Coach Taylor. She wants to host the pep rally. He says, or, and she says that it's fine if he doesn't care about football anymore, but football's still in their blood, in their family's blood, and they're still a football family. So, Tim and Matt are out hunting. Uh, you know, we showed earlier that Tim maybe wasn't showing the best hunter safety. Matt really, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, he like they're walking. Okay, I think we've talked about this earlier, but I um, have never been much of a rifle hunter. I never hunted big game. Okay, um, I liked. Um, I was really liked pheasant hunting because I like the consistent action of it, constant movement. Sure. You know, mm-hmm. um, with deer hunting, it's which I'm assuming that they were. Yeah, they, he said white tail, something about white tail yeah. um, earlier in the episode. I don't know if they were like making their way to a blind or what, <laughs> but they're literally like mid conversation and Matt gets like, he does like a kneel thing and starts <laughs> shooting at something and yeah. Tim like takes a dive. Yeah. Tim gets out of the way, um, really freaks Tim out. And uh, Tim's like, what are you sh-? finally like when Matt's done? He takes like two or three shots. Um, Tim's like, what are you shooting at? And he's like, oh, I think I saw something up there. He's like, you think you saw something? <laughs> like, give me that gun. You're done. 
<laughs> You're done. I have 100% been in this almost exact situation with college friends. I had a I had a friend from uh, California, like LA area, never shot a gun in his life, brought him out to, I don't know if you remember, but I used to have like college buddies out uh, yep. like for man weekend is yep. what we oh, called yeah. it. I'm still and probably friends with stock. many of them on Facebook. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So Tyler Nesper was the one from California and we went out rabbit hunting on some of our land and he and another guy just had not had zero experience with shooting guns and it was terrifying. And it was the exact same as Tim, like take cover and then take the gun away. Okay. <laughs> yeah. We're done here. You <laughs> shall not shoot this gun anymore. So, one hundred percent. Um, yeah, not uh, not a not a not a real safe uh, mm. situation for for them or for anyone within probably like a two mile radius. I guess. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> meanwhile, Tammy is driving home. She or driving somewhere. Yep. I don't know why she even bothers to listen to Slam and Sammy anymore because he's been trashing her for like two or three solid weeks now. Yeah, like, does she not have like a CD player or like an aux cord in her car? Like, <laughs> just just turn off the radio. Other Tammy. things to listen to. But this is when uh, Slam and Sammy says we might as well call it the Slam and Tammy show because <laughs> people have got thoughts. We get like three callers calling in just trash and Tammy. Yeah. Uh, saying she needs to be fired as a principal. People are big mad about her uh, uh-huh. with the Luke Cafferty situation. Tammy is like speaking to nobody in particular, being like, I just did what was right. I did the right thing. Like, I don't know if you guys, this problem is. Um, I thought it was like uh, somebody listening to Reliving the Lights yelling at yeah. the radio at Josh and Anthony for. Yeah. <laughs> totally screwing up the the Friday coach Taylor lights. did punish Tim <laughs> McGregor was gone you absolute <laughs> schmucks exactly <laughs> so yeah Tammy just needs to turn off the radio and get on with her day but yeah. and you'd think like being a coach's wife she would have learned by now not to listen to sports talk radio local yeah. sports talk radio, like i said but. i don't know why she's listening to the slam and sammy show when she probably has a cd player in her car <laughs> yeah or at least a cassette player and in the very least there's other radio stations or get an aux cord there's so Go many on. more options I, yeah, I'm fascinated by it. As somebody who has a CD player in their car now and still loves listening to CDs, but also Uh has an aux cord in their car, like, I very rarely listen to the radio. But if they were talking about you directly, you'd probably turn it on. I guess I'd probably be curious, yeah, if I was a a point of contention. That's true. So, yeah, point to Tammy on that one. Yeah, I'll give her that. (laughs) All that to say, yeah, we get it. Uh, Landry asked Jess. Well, we got to say, uh, she pulls into uh, a candy store and says, I'll take some chocolate. That's that's (laughs) like that's the end of the scene. Is she she pulls into this candy store, and also to be noted, there's a a music cue. Oh, nice bluesy, like real, like Mm. barbecue joint bluesy tune. Mm -hmm. Um, song called Voodoo Lucy by Doghouse Lords. All right, that sounds very bluesy. Yeah, for sure. Uh, my most recent 
purchases on vinyl have been Muddy Waters. I bought a couple Hell Muddy yeah. Waters uh, albums, which are fantastic. I My favorite mm-hmm. albums I've ever bought on vinyl. And a couple of Lightning Hopkins uh, nice. vinyl albums, which is like yeah. acoustic blues. So I'm I loving it. Up, uh, I just picked up a Siegel Schwal band uh, album today. They're uh, like a 70s Chicago blues outfit. Mm-hmm. Um, my uncle introduced me to them. Um, so I've, I've got a couple of their albums now. So what, what's it? What are they? Siegel the Schwal. S I E G A L dash S C H W A L L. I want to say roughly. Okay. I'll look it up. Cause I'm very much into the blues right now. Yeah. I, I blues is one of those genres that I can just, uh, it's not like, it doesn't stick out to me in the same way that like the hold steady or Radiohead or the mm-hmm. Beatles do that. Like where I just want to go back and listen and listen again. But, and I mean this in the most respectful way, blues, if I'm just looking for background music, I could listen to the blues forever. Mm-hmm. Like that is just music that I could, it's not something that like resonates and I just want to like, yeah. Uh, I want to dig deep and like think about, you know, like all the implications of it. But like, like even like, uh, like Derek Trucks, man, I could listen to Derek Trucks. Mm. Like that's when the music that I I think about, like I could do that forever. I could listen to Derek Trucks band forever. I think a lot of that uh, with the blues is the blues often follows the same formula from Mm. song to song artist mm-hmm. to artist right like there's it's it's more of a narrow lane that it that it goes in yeah and so i feel like a lot of it can just kind of blend together but when you get the like best of the best so for example muddy waters mm-hmm. i love a lot of muddy waters and i can listen to a lot of muddy waters but muddy waters after the rain that album when i listen to that i'm like you get that like blue stank face where you're mm-hmm. like oh Whoa. <laughs> like when you're listening to it, <laughs> yep. you know, I know, like, that, yeah. okay, you're touching on something here that yep. like all the rest of the blues is oriented around, but for, you're yeah. nailing it here. So like, I feel like the best of the best blues will hit you in a way that no other music can, but sure. most of the blues, which is still good is what you're saying where it's mm-hmm. like, yeah, I can just take it in, in background. I, yeah. I did. I don't have anybody waters, but I did come across an album today that was, um, it was like a festival album, like a blues mm-hmm. festival album. And it was mm-hmm. um, a couple songs by BB King, a couple songs by Muddy Waters and a couple songs by a, another person that I had not heard of. And it was live at some like Newport festival or something like that. And I didn't yeah. pick it up, but I wish I would have now that we're having this conversation, but I do have <laughs> a, I have at least one lead belly album and I need to dig into his stuff because mm-hmm. I dug what I, I've dug what I have heard out of him. So I bet what you, I don't know if this is it, but the super blues band or the super, super blues band is muddy waters, BB King and, uh, howling wolf. I think. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so they have like some joint albums where they sure. all kind of team. It's up. Not, it wasn't Helen Wolf was the other one. I, w- okay. I would have recognized. Uh, Wolf. It was like, it was he, like he mama something or it was, it was a woman. Oh. It was mama something or something, but Mama's it was, cats. it was a 
No, it was not Mama Cass. I would know Mama <laughs> Cass. Uh, it was, man, I wish I could remember it. It was something, it was, I mean, it was a bluesy name too. Yeah, right on. Um, but it was a, it was a live album that it was recorded at some festival and it was like six tracks. So it was like hmm. two, two Muddy Waters. I think one side was all Muddy Waters. So it was, I think it was side B was three Muddy Waters songs. And then the first side was like two BB King and two mama, whatever. Mm-hmm. I just love it. I play it every morning. Benny yeah, I need Kenny, to, Benny Kenny loves the blues. Hell yeah. He starts. Hell yeah. Every time I put muddy waters in. So. Yeah. I need to dig deeper into, uh, into the blues because every time I listen to it, it's, I love it. It's just, I haven't, uh, I haven't dug deep enough. So I actually got into it because Lightning Hopkins and Muddy Waters were big influences on Towns Van Zandt, which, okay. as you know, I was obsessed yep. with for a yep. while there. And so that's why I started listening to them. I was like, oh, I get it. I understand why you're obsessed with this. So mm-hmm. anyway. we got a little scene where Landry uh, asked Jess at school if uh, he's her boyfriend. Jess is like, no. And Landry is like, well, because Vince told me that you told him. Mm-hmm. Um, that I was your boyfriend, and she was like, "Well, no, I told him that I have a boyfriend." Yeah, and then when dance with you, so it's it's awkward, and once again, it's one of those things where there is a weird sexual tension, but you're also like, <laughs> "Journey Smollett, you're a beautiful woman. Come on the show." <laughs> um, Absolutely. I almost wonder, like, if if and. Uh, no offense to Jesse Plemons, but like, I almost wonder if the writers were like giving beautiful women uh, as romantic interests to him, like as a bit, <laughs> you know, like yeah, right. you hear enough about like weird sexual, like castings, like these like weird sexual tests that like actresses would have to pass to like, uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, get, and I almost, I mean, once again, no offense to Jesse Plemons. You seem like a stand-up guy. Come on the show. Come on the show um, and, and defend yourself. But I almost, <laughs> you know, wonder if like, what if like, what if Peter Berg was like a real weirdo and he was like, hey, uh, you see this Smollett girl? What if we had her hook up with Plemons? <laughs> you know, like, wouldn't that be right. hilarious? <gasps> Like as a weird, like seems like a Peterberg thing. Yeah. yeah, like creeper thing. I don't know. Maybe the writers were like super nerdy but talented dudes, and were basically like writing this. Their fantasy let's have J- let's have Landry be the always <laughs> hooking up with mm. beautiful girls. <laughs> yes, that seems very <laughs> realistic. Uh, yeah, something's going on there. You can't really figure it out, but yeah. Uh, yeah, so they but talk we'll about get that. there. We'll get there. But yeah, it's awkward and like weirdly sexually tense. Mm-hmm. Tim and Matt, <laughs> <laughs> meanwhile, uh, they're talking about Tim's college career. Tim seems to have had it pretty easy, but you don't know what you got till it's gone, as they say. Um, I don't think Tim realized how he had, and I mean, I'll say this as a I was a pretty lazy college student and uh, like I had, I remember I took a American history 152, which was post-Civil War American history with my favorite 
uh, professor at SDSU, Chuck Volan. Holler at your boy. Come on the show, Chuck. <laughs> um, just like on, I, I've always loved American history. Mm-hmm. Um, I love this country. Not ashamed to say it. Uh, I know that uh, sometimes I get political and I lean to the left and sometimes people think that means that you hate America, but I don't. I really love this country a lot and I'm very Mm -hmm. proud to be from here. Mm -hmm. And I'll tell you that all freaking day. Um, (laughs) But uh, American History 152, uh, post-Civil War American History, I had taken 151 with the same professor, Chuck Bolin, uh, my freshman year, took 152 probably my junior year. And uh, it was an 8 a.m. class, but I remember being like, I want to take this class, so I'm going to make the effort. Mm-hmm. Um, and I made it there 65% of the time, probably. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, waking up at to get to class at 8 a.m. was not, because uh, I always lived off campus my entire college career, uh, was not uh, as an easy of a task at that time as it is now. Um, but I could have tried harder. I now go to work at 8 a.m. every day, even though my office is literally in my home. <laughs> right. I still can make it. So, you know, I've made schedule adjustments. I think Tim Riggins can make those schedule adjustments. He's He was mad about having to get up at 7 a.m. to do a morning practice. Coaches weren't like Coach Taylor. That was his biggest complaint, I feel yeah, like. That, that was the biggest thing. Yeah. It's hard to live up to the Coach Taylor standard mm-hmm. uh, once you've had that. As they never coach. tell you when you're doing good. They only critique you. Yep. Um, which is, I mean, come on, Tim, you're tougher than that. Uh-huh. And once again, his biggest complaint that he was worried about coming into um, college <laughs> football was like that he wasn't going to have enough free time. But I'm interested in... <laughs> Not just free time, but me time. Me time, yeah. I think he would add plenty of me time. And this is the thing. Like, you, you think a guy like that would just absolutely like kill it in college? We were robbed. We were robbed of that. We've covered this before, but we yeah. were robbed of Tim Riggins in college. Yeah, but, we really. I think we could have at least. It would not have taken much because he's got Billy back home. So he's got a reason to return back home. He's got Mm -hmm. reason to like make calls back home. Mm -hmm. Give us, I'm not even asking for a full season. No, I'm asking for seven episodes of Tim at college. I don't even think you need that. We didn't get anything. We got got zero scene, a scene, a scene of Tim in class. No practice going wild. A scene in class. Right. Yeah. So give us a scene of Tim going nuts living the full college life yeah we didn't get it i want to see a tim riggins scene that is akin to smash williams's weekend (laughs) at college right like running under the bridge in his boxers getting picked up by matt saracen we could you could have basically repeated that exact scene and it would have been Mm -hmm. awesome uh so yes they're kind of tim's talking about how awful college was uh, they finally addressed Lila. I feel like we don't, we haven't even talked about Lila for four episodes of yeah. season four. Uh, Matt does bring her up, says, So basically, you miss Lila, right? And Tim says, Yep, that's it. Um, duh. They talk about the Julie situation. Matt kind of realizes in the, the, um, course of the conversation that, 
she never asked him to stay, right? Like mm. that was his choice. He chose to stay for Julie, but she never asked him to do that. Yeah. He admits um, that he stayed in, in Dylan because of Julie, not because of grandma. He stayed because of Julie mm-hmm. and that he never asked her to do that. And now he doesn't know how to ask her to do that because she is going to all these colleges on the coast and mm-hmm. is almost certainly not going to stick around Texas. And yeah, it's, it's a weird dilemma because you do something for someone maybe subconsciously and you don't know how to ask somebody to do the same thing for you. You know, it's mm-hmm. one of those like, mm-hmm. uh, not even like the golden rule kind of thing, like treat people the way that you want to be treated, but like, right. How do you tell someone that you did something for them and you would like them to do the same for you, especially when their ambitions stretch beyond that? It's yeah, it's supposed to be a selfless act. And so how do you ask for reciprocation on something Mm -hmm. that's supposed to be selfless? Cause then it's not actually selfless. Yep. Um, so yeah, Matt kind of comes that realization. It was his choice, but Texas forever though, right? Yep, absolutely. Texas forever seven. Should have gone to Chicago seven. <laughs> uh, pep rally. It appears that the pep rally does actually happen at Ray's Barbecue, Jess's father's uh, barbecue establishment. We don't know how we got there, but yeah, I, when I was taking notes, I kind of like went back and was like, did they agree? to do this because it seemed like Jess's dad was still very against his, there was a deleted scene. I almost wonder if I should have gone back on the DVD and just seen what it was because, but you know, you know, that should be my job as a podcast host, but this isn't my day job. I'm not making any money (laughs) off of this. I'm doing this for, I'm doing this for you. Laos. (laughs) For, For all you people in Laos. Uh, no, I, and I watch on net now that it's on Netflix now, it's just so convenient. There's no ads. You just hop yeah. right on, you click on what the episode, if you want to watch it at like 1.25 speed, you can, sure. you know, uh, you can do so, that on Netflix. Yeah, you can, you can control playback no speed on Netflix. Yeah. So I, I did it for a while on the last episode and I was like, no, this isn't, this isn't the right experience. Yeah. I need to enjoy this and not just get through it. So, uh, but yes, pep rally at Ray's barbecue. They have like a bluesy band playing. Speaking mm-hmm. of the blues, uh, Jess is dancing with the dance team to the bluesy band. Jesse is lusting or Landry. Land- yes. I have in my notes. Landry is getting horny. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I just put point. Landry lusts after Jess is what I wrote in my notes because, yes. and can't blame him. Nope, nope, nope. Beautiful. Get it. Journey Smollett, uh, come on the show. Come on the show. Uh, Julie has a little interaction with Coach Stan and says, hey, listen, I won't say anything about the other night. And Coach Stan is just kind of plays a, what? Plays what, dumb. Say anything about what? What are you talking mm-hmm. about? I, I don't know what you're referencing here. What do you mean the other night? Uh, there's a weird... The next part of the scene is a weird conflation of like prayer and pep rally motivational yeah. speech. It starts as a prayer, but then it like they never say amen. It just kind of morphs into a weird motivational speech for the East Dillon Lions. Yeah. Yeah. We get, I mean, it's, it's a voiceover. And like we find out as the voiceover continues that it's a prayer um, and that it's, spoken by the pastor named deacon (laughs) um 
I didn't even pay attention to the fact that it, they didn't say amen at the end because it's it was an obvious prayer. But yeah, it was no first, Smash Smash Williams uh, <laughs> freestyle rhyming. But no, uh, I did write it down here. Uh, it went a little something like this: We ask you, Lord. What? We ask you, Lord. What is a group of lions? Uh, pride. <laughs> Why are you asking God what a group of lions is? Like, ask a dictionary what a group was, of lions is. I think that's is. rhetorical. I think I think that's I. You know what? For a group prayer, I don't think that's an unacceptable <laughs> thing to to say. <laughs> okay. To to ask a rhetorical question to be like, and what do we call a group of lions? <laughs> Pride. I think that's. I think that's. As someone who gets paid to pray group prayers on a right, regular basis, right. I would not go that route. But you know, uh, you can, I, you I don't. Can, I don't pretend to have it figured out. So. You can big leg me. That's fine. <laughs> I mean, yes. I, if there's a professional I prayer, I I've, you are you telling me you haven't heard a rhetorical question in a prayer before? I have I feel absolutely like is, heard those kinds of rhetorical questions in a prayer before. Probably okay. That's fair. I'm just saying that I try to keep it as real and authentic as possible. And I don't feel like asking a question that we already know the answer to in a prayer is a real and authentic uh, approach to prayer. So, That's fair. so That's fair. I, <laughs> I personally would not take this approach, but hey, again, I'm not going to pretend that I have this figured out perfectly. That's so we ask you, Lord, what is a group of lions? It is a pride. And we have, and we stand before you today, Lord, your pride. We need pride in this world. And what, what do we have here? I say, what do we have here? Pride. We are the lions and we stand together. Who are we? Lions. Who are we? Lions. <laughs> so, I mean, uh, this is not the same as Christian nationalism, but I feel like it's a weird conflation of faith and sports. <laughs> so I'll say this, uh, you know, you and I grew up in the same church. Mm -hmm. Uh, so in addition to attending the same church, we both also went to the same multi-denominational youth group. Mm -hmm. I have heard several prayers more inauthentic than this, uh, <laughs> in, in our in our youth. Um, yeah. So I'm going to give it a pass. I'm going to give it, uh, I'm going to give it a pass. Fair enough. Fair enough. I can respect that. I can respect that. Rhetorical question or not. I've heard <laughs> a lot more that yeah, uh, offensive. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, all that aside, afterwards, Landry is helping Jess clean up after the pep rally. He blindsides her with a long, long, passionate kiss. Okay, first of all, he does blind, blindside her with the kiss. The fact that it went on long is mutual. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was her so, decision as well. Yeah, that wasn't... Uh, I'm but it definitely it long was a 100% Landry move. Mm -hmm. Like, interrupts her mid-sentence to just dive in and go for it. It's that confidence, man. It's that Tyra Collette exactly. confidence. It's that confidence that came from, from being with Tyra, for uh, sure. She is definitely into it, but he says, we're not dating, right? She says, definitely not. No. Um, but she seems a little shell-shocked in the moment. 
like confused by what she I was kind of confused by exactly what like the implications of this scene were. I think it's unclear at this point. Time yeah. will tell. Um, but I did feel like she was into the kiss, right? Yeah, she it was mutual for sure. She didn't. She didn't like, pull away. Yeah. But yeah, okay. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. Because then, well, because then, like he, I was like, was he joking when he made like the "we're totally not dating" right? And was right. she also joking? And then, like, yeah, he just kind of walks away, and it was like. Okay, was he like mad that she said no? Or was I was at a hard time reading yeah. this scene? Or was he just like cool guys walk away from explosions type of thing where he was like <laughs> she <laughs> uh tune in next week when we find out what the deal was with that yeah. kiss, I guess. But uh the and only speaking thing- of tuning in next week. Yeah. The next scene, uh, which leads to, you know, the first episode of this season, I said, this season holds one of my favorite episodes, if not my favorite episode in the entire series. It's next episode. I still do not know what you're referencing. Oh, man. So the next scene in my notes, all I literally all I have, this is what I have in my notes. Matt and Tim headed home. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay, well, what really happened <laughs> okay. in, be- in between Matt and, and Tim heading home is there is a shot of uh, Matt and Tim heading home, and there's okay. a scene at uh, Grandma Saracen's house yeah. with Ma Saracen. Yeah. They get a knock at the door. Okay, yeah. It's two military yep. members. We don't hear what they say, but we, we see infer. Grandma react. Yeah. We infer. Um. Matt is dropped off by Tim at Julie's. Um, he starts like apologizing to her about the conversation that they had, but Julie is crying. Yeah. Um, she tells Matt that his dad was killed in action. Yes. Roll credits. End of the episode. Yeah. That leads to uh, one of the best episodes. Yeah. Okay, I'm excited. I do not yeah. know. I'm going to be pleasantly surprised. Season four, episode five is like. Maybe my favorite episode of the entire series. Sweet. Okay. Well, I'm looking forward to yeah. that. I can't believe you don't remember that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's exciting. All right. We're going to take a short break. We'll be right back with our awards for the week. All right, we're back. We are going to give out our awards for the week, starting like we always do with the Coach Taylor Inspo rating. Uh, Anthony, how inspiring did we find Coach Taylor this week? Yeah. Um, you know, I got to give him credit on um, the Luke and Vince situation. Really uh, got him out of that little... Uh, situation that they got in yeah um little quagmire um but uh other than that did he have any like really inspirational i mean he got he got saved by buddy garrity (laughs) right (laughs) uh but other than that there's not a whole lot to 
speak of. I don't think so. Yeah. I'm I'm looking at like a two here. It's not super impressive. Uh I agree. In There's f- no game. Um right. I mean, even very little practice really, aside from like Luke and Vince fighting at practice. Yeah. Um, and I mean he's he's trying to be stern with them, but really obviously not making a ton of progress. He no, you know, does the punishment of the stairs run until the wall. I gotta give credit to to Vince. I don't know if it was just that he didn't want to like admit it in front of like the coaches that he stole Luke's wallet, but like let's do a half hour of stairs. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's credit. In lieu of that's yeah. <clears throat> I would say coach a little morally ambiguous on having Luke take the fall basically for yeah. all that. So I think a two is appropriate. I think that was the right move. I, I do think the I do think the making Luke take the fall was the right move because it was Luke's yes. fault. 100%. If they didn't need to stop, they didn't need to stop and harass Vince oh, on fair. the side of the road. But Vince did steal the wallet. So there's sure. that. Sure. That's true. That's true. But, uh, I think it was the best resolution to a crappy situation that coach could have come up with. Yeah. So I think it too is fair. It's still positive. So we'll go with it. Uh, Julie Taylor, hate O meter. Um, well, Josh, we're back in the positives this week. You think so? Do you? I yeah. think I am inclined to agree. Yeah, we've got uh, uh, Julie. First of all, like legitimately miffed that she isn't Devin's type, <laughs> right? Like from the jump, Sheesh. um, she seems blissfully unaware. That Matt is like, hey, I stayed here for you. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not asking you to return the favor, but like maybe even like consider it and be like kind about it. She, uh, you know, when they're in the gay bar, she um, is bitching about Matt while Devin's trying to, yeah, trying to lay down some Mac sauce. <laughs> uh, and, you know, and then she unintentionally, but nonetheless does embarrass coach Stan publicly. <laughs> right. I mean, we're looking at a hard five here, I think. Oof. Yeah. Uh, I was, I, you bring up a lot of good points that I hadn't thought of. It's basically Julie always making everything about Julie, um, which yes. is a pretty hateable offense. I was going to say a three, but you raised a lot of good points, so I definitely am willing to come your way. I'm a, I'm actually willing to go completely to a five, even though I originally had a three in my mind. Yeah, she gets like really mad about Matt deciding to like spend a weekend hunting with his boy. Yeah, like every scene with Julie in this episode is honestly, I'd be hard pressed to to bring her into like a six or a seven territory because everything in this episode true and i know it's going to get worse this season i i know it's going to get worse this season but um yeah she is just every single scene with her is just extremely selfish and yep yeah all right well then i think five is generous mm-hmm. to say mm-hmm. the least so we'll go with a five we'll Bigger, say a strong t- five yeah Big rig beer tally. Do we see anything? Yep. They're drinking beers while uh, Tim tells Matt about his college experience. Okay. Um, 
He's drinking one. He cracks one at the beginning of the scene. There is another empty. I think we do count implied beers when it's when we can see him. Yeah. Something that was clearly drank by Tim okay. and not just left there. So we'll we'll call it two. That's two for the week. The Alamo Freeze presents the Matt Saracen Oshucks Goofus Malufus moment of the week. What do we have? <laughs> Firing at the wind, I guess, with a <laughs> rifle. <laughs> One hundred percent. Firing at who knows what potentially movement. Did he kill another human up there? It's we it is know. entirely <laughs> possible that Matt Matt uh, Saracen shot a man uh, mm-hmm. out in the woods. So <laughs> you know what? I'm willing to go there. Um, we've we've talked about Coach and his secret family. I think this is even more possible than Coach's secret family. <laughs> I think Matt Saracen killed another man up in those woods and Tim Riggins helped him cover it up. (laughs) We, we oftentimes blame the entirety of season two on Landry when really there's a whole nother murder, uh, storyline in in season four with Matt Saracen. So, okay. Yes. I guess if you want to call murder goofus Malufus, that's what we'll (laughs) give it to. Well, (laughs) I think the goofus Malufus is that he, he saw something move and shot it. Yeah. The murder was accidental. <laughs> he didn't mean to kill a guy, but he for sure killed a guy. <laughs> 100%. Uh, the Donnie Buddy Garrity sleazeball move of the week. Uh, what do you got for Buddy this we week? We don't have a lot of sleazes. Honestly, if you can count, I don't know if it's sleaziness or just like being slick, but him showing up late to the oh, alumni yeah. dinner and everybody there already loving him and schmoozing mm. with him. Like I said, it's not, it's not sleazy because these no. people already know him and love him. Yeah. It's but like, it was the buddy, buddy Garrity slick move of the week, which he has a little bit of a slickness to him. It's and that's like the a flips, fine line. Yeah. It's like the flip side of the coin to the sleaze ball. Slick yep. and sleaze ball go hand in hand. For sure. Uh, okay, so we'll go there. It's 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 a positive award this week, but it's still mm-hmm. in the vein of the sleazeball move of the week. We didn't get any Joe McCoy stud of suds smug scumbag move of the week. I don't know. We got a JD, but yes. no, no joy, no joy, no Joe, no Joe McCoy. Notable music cues, anything pop up for you? Yeah, we had uh, Voodoo Lucy by Doghouse Lords. Real right. heavy blues. I dug it. I'm going to make myself a note to listen to that. Oh, yeah, I felt like I was in uh, I felt like I was in Texas again, you know, in a, in a, a real life barbecue joint, you know, <laughs> not tight ends. Uh, no, <laughs> no, no. I think I think that was all like Hinder and Creed that all played at tight ends. I think that was just <laughs> butt rock. That's appropriate. Yeah. For, for tight ends. <laughs> All right. Um, Shout out to Niall in Wales, UK, who had to Google tight ends. And (laughs) uh, I hope you're the same, buddy. I hope that you you came out the same. I hope it didn't scar you. Yeah. Uh, Outdated pop culture reference of the week. Anything we need to cancel in this episode? Um, Gosh, you know, and it's, I think every episode, there's got to be something that is just, outdated you know it's something we yeah. don't do anymore but i um you know this is what i had a question about maybe it isn't cancelable 
Uh-huh. But I wondered about the gay bar and how Julie and Devin got in. Is it like a juice bar? What's the... Uh, they were clearly drinking sodas. Yes. Yeah. So I don't know, like, do they have food there? And so they can make an exception for minors. Mm. Um, I had questions about that. That's not necessarily outdated, but just I had questions. Yeah. Um, gosh, there had to have been something outdated in this. Yeah, there's nothing that super stood out, but if uh, if any of you listeners want to go ahead and point anything out or cancel anything, uh, let us know. Yeah, Twitter. please point them out if you if you find them because I know I need to start. I need to keep an eye out for the outdated stuff like I do with the the Tim Riggins beer tally because it's there. There's we're just I, honestly even just I, you know what. Even I think for it to be a risque to be going to a gay bar, I think is a sure. very 2009 thing. Sure. Yep. Which uh, Julie, for how much we hate her, actually is very comfortable with the whole thing. Yeah. And like, even if she's mad that she's not Devin's type. <laughs> right. I think, yeah, that I think the, the sure. taboo yep. level of, of, I think it being taboo to go to a like specifically gay outing. I, yeah. Cause I don't know if I can call it a gay bar because like Devin is allowed to go there. Right. As a high schooler, um, you know, just a gay gathering, whatever it is, but just <laughs> right. that being like a thing that you would be uncomfortable going to by yourself. Yeah. Yeah. I think is of the time for sure. Yep. Yep, definitely. In the last 10 years, that has definitely changed. Uh, so that's that's what keeps Julie from being like a seven this week is her being an ally. Yeah, right. Yeah. Anthony gets political. <laughs> there it is. Uh, all right. Our quote of the episode. I have a, I have a few here, a few nominations. Uh, first one in the episode is deer and beer. Here we come. Two days away. Let's get after it. Tim and uh, talking about his deer hunting trip. We've got, uh, I'm going to tell you something. All right. And you can't tell it to anyone else. (laughs) My mother never took me shopping for a pageant gown. And because of that, I never placed at Miss Texas. That's why I got into football. That's a fact. Another Tim Riggins. Uh, and then from Buddy, you can't fake boosterism, Eric. It comes from the heart. <laughs> That's the beauty of it. Those are the three notes I made. The only one that I wrote down was the Tim Riggins one. Um, there is one on the IMDb page, so I will note it. And this was one that got a little chuckle out of me. Is uh, Julie Taylor saying, uh, do you know that Brown used to make you handwrite your essay? And Matt replying with, wow, well, that's so you can weed out serial killers. <laughs> yeah. um, just a funny little moment. But I I, I, I think the uh, Tim Briggins dress dress shopping quote is uh, that one for me was the one that stood out. Like that was one like after he said it, Angie was like, write that down because that is the quote <laughs> of the week. Yeah. All right. I like that. MVP of the episode. Who are we giving the nod this week? You know, we joked about it last week. And I think I might be willing to do it one more time this week, but I almost have to say no. 
I'm almost inclined to say buddy for saving the day at the alumni dinner. He definitely ended positive on the episode for sure. Mm -hmm. It's not Luke. It's not Vince. Landry maybe has a case for uh, (sighs) making a move and yeah, not okay. But But that's also like uh, a little rapey. It's definitely a little rapey. Um, Tammy really didn't do anything this episode. Coach didn't really do anything this episode. Jeez, do we have to give it to Buddy again? Well, we didn't give it to Buddy last week. So no, but he's but he a couple weeks ago. Yeah, we thought that that would be the only one. Um, it's not Luke. It's not Vince. Yeah, it's not Landry. No, it's not Julie. Mm-mm. Coach Taylor. No, no. Tammy didn't have really a ton going Tim, on. Tammy doesn't do anything. God, it almost has to be Buddy. I think we, I think we have to give it to Buddy. It's Buddy or Devin or Becky. We <laughs> could, we could give it to Becky, but that that'd be like a sympathy. <laughs> What's the argument for Becky? She, well, I, I think we can give it sympathy. to Tim. Yeah, we can't give it to Becky. We can give it to Tim for. Yes, for stepping Being up. Is, yeah, for stepping up. I think the best let's, arguments are Tim or Buddy. Let's give it to Tim. I don't yeah. feel like Buddy deserves it. <laughs> Buddy's just coasting on like... Yeah, he's coasting like on the fumes of last week. Good vibes. He's, he's, he's coasting on the fumes of last week where he really made a stand and could have been the MVP, but he didn't earn it last week. Uh, he came in a close second, but this week he's also going to have to, you know, some people call him the LeBron James of the show because, you know, he's not the highest scorer of all time, but he's kind of like the second highest. He's kind of like the second most dominant of all time in all categories, <laughs> wow. but he'll, he's, he's not the first in any. No, nobody says that. Nobody, nobody says it. Either. Nobody has ever said that. Nobody's ever put those two names in the same sentence. <laughs> Uh, I think I typed it in. We're going with Tim Riggins. All right, we'll call he, Tim Riggins. he does good work here. Uh, selfless act by Tim Riggins. Uh, episode rating. What do you What do you give this one? We've been We've been laying on the sevens lately. You know uh, what? Is this any better? Or is this just kind of right on course for right on par for season four? Part of me wants to lean into the seven, but this was a stronger episode than the last few. I'm so. willing to give it a light eight. Maybe it's just four in the morning and I'm I'm feeling generous because I've had a few. That might have something to do with it. I am cheating and looking at the IMDB rating and it does. This one has an 8.6. The last one had an 8.2 and an 8.3. So because I, yeah, it is four in the morning and I don't feel completely like I'm in the best place to make a good decision. I'm going to go with the people on this one. <laughs> We're going to give it an eight. Uh, Worst decision you can make <laughs> at four in the morning in Northwestern Iowa, I heard, is to give an episode an eight, eight instead of a seven. <laughs> Yikes. Well, I'm making a big mistake. Man. I'm going to regret <laughs> it in the morning. All right. Uh, that leaves us with our lesson of the episode. What is the, uh, what's the moral? What's the lesson? What's the takeaway? What are we going to take from this episode and apply to our lives? Um, if you dedicate a, like a notable chunk of 
of your life to anything, any given thing, Mm -hmm. you don't have to hate it if it doesn't work out. (laughs) Is this in reference to Buddy? No, it's in reference to Jess's dad. Ah, yes. Who is like irrationally mad at football because because it didn't work out for him. I Um, thought it was for Buddy uh, taking a stand against the Panthers. That was last episode. (laughs) Right. Uh, I'd say my episode is if you are hunting and the wind blows, don't shoot at that. Just, just <laughs> also, hold yeah. on. <laughs> uh, I think the overall lesson for the episode could just be like trigger discipline. <laughs> trigger discipline <laughs> on the Hun- whole. Hunter safety course. <laughs> um, this is not loaded. I'm pretty sure is not in <laughs> not a gun down that anybody that should ever yeah ever utter. <laughs> Yeah. All right. Well, there you go. A couple of South Dakota boys giving you some firearm wisdom. Yeah. Uh, be sure whether your gun is yeah. loaded or not. Just, you know, learn, learn, learn your gun before you, <laughs> before you start really doing anything with it. Just get to know it, get to know all the uh, ins and outs because, because that's what I learned when I was 12 years old. <laughs> if you if you want to handle a gun, you should too. Um, all for people owning guns for safety or hunting. I think that's great. That's fine. You should yeah. do it. Anthony gets political. <laughs> but, you know, I think you get you got to draw a line somewhere. Uh, anything that's designed to kill a human being maybe shouldn't be in the hands of just anybody. Yeah. You might want to be responsible. I own guns. I own... Uh, you know, shotguns and rifles. Mm-hmm. Um, and mm-hmm. I mean, and, and I mean, th- I think pistols are a different animal too, because mm-hmm. you know that's 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 reasonable uh, for like home safety. Sure, sure, sure. Pistols are fine, but if you're talking about like a rifle with automatic firing, yeah, let's let's be real. That's designed for killing a human being. Roll and it back a little. Even if you own one of those for home defense you sure about that yeah you sure about that's why (laughs) sure about that's why all right ladies and gentlemen wow we've this is a throwback episode this is a classic it's quarter to four in the morning (laughs) we haven't uh we haven't been like this in a while we haven't had an episode like this in a while but i think it's been good for both of us i think uh yeah yeah i knew i had a feeling in that first episode when we had when we had julie not sure about going to church (laughs) i knew that there was uh it was gonna be a long night i knew that there was some cut content on the uh on that cutting room floor at Josh's house um, and good conversations to be had, but man, it's, it's been good. Boy. I don't have anything to do tomorrow. I think there's a like 4 PM showing of Casablanca at the state theater that I'm going to catch, but I don't there have anything go. to do for about 20 or 12 hours. So, well, I have three kids that will not sleep longer than 7 AM. So yeah, I will be up that. in three hours. Uh, I but- pulled a Julie Taylor. I made it about me. <laughs> That's fine. You know, if if you want in on some of that uh, cutting room uh, content, uh, you know, maybe let us know. We, we can maybe start a Patreon here. And uh, if you want to get you just get hot in here, <laughs> if you wanna get into the nitty gritty of Josh and Anthony talk about God and faith. Okay, uh, yeah. 
we could uh, we could release that content for a price. Yeah. But let us know if you're willing to pay for uh, <laughs> for both of us approved content. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but hey, shout out to our listeners in uh, in Laos and in the West Indies. If you're hanging with us at this point, God bless you. Thank you. Uh, Thank you for joining, and 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 all over the world. Yeah, absolutely. Wherever you are, but especially in Laos and the UK and 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 uh, the West Indies. Anthony, this has been time well spent. Uh, I'm grateful Gosh, for you. Great time. Yeah, we. I'm grateful for I, the show. I love this. I yep. am. Uh, I have to bring. I'm almost like upset because Angie texted me like two hours ago to bring me her water bottle when I come to bed. <laughs> and I said, sorry, we got on a tear. But now I'm like, I'm res- uh, you ever see that Kanye West tweet where he's like, I hate falling asleep on a plane with a water bottle and then you wake up and you have to be responsible for the water bottle. <laughs> no, I've not seen um, that. Yeah, something along those lines. And that's how I feel because I'm like, I hate recording a podcast till 4 a.m. because now I'm responsible for this water bottle. But all I want to do is like, <laughs> Uh, put like Taylor Swift's Long Pond Studio Sessions on Disney, Disney Plus on on this TV right over there, so I can like fall asleep by myself and not like you know I'm I'm too I'm too amped right now you know yeah, like this I is what <laughs> uh yeah so I'm I'm not ready to to go to bed I need to wind down because we've been we've been on one for yeah for a few hours now we haven't we haven't done this in a while I'm excited I'm I'm happy. This is good. <laughs> we this took it places. Good. We did. Uh, I'm glad I don't have to uh, edit this particular episode until next week. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You've got you've got some pretty obvious cut lines. I think. Too. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I think there's there's some some pretty obvious places to cut. So that's true. This so been, again, yeah, this has uh, been some some classic stuff for for those of you who have been with us for the whole time. We I I think I speak on behalf of both of us that we. We both hope that you enjoy this episode and the last episode. I I'll tell you what, this is this is a uh, five subject notebook. Ooh, this is wow. all this is all reliving the lights notes, and I've got this much left. Were I've you? got maybe four episodes tops left that I'm gonna have to buy a new notebook. Dang, yeah. Uh, I was thinking I think uh, that- we could uh, sell on Patreon if you want my handwritten notes. <laughs> I love it. I'll I'll sell you a page for for two dollars. We should auction that off and then uh, use the proceeds to get a Brad Leland cameo. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, I like it. All right, folks, we're gonna cut it off right here. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll see you next week for another episode of Reliving the Lights, a Friday Night Lights rewatch podcast. God bless. Let's touch God this time, boys. Let's touch God.